Welcome to the God Knows Podcast, where we explore questions of faith, doubts, and the Christian worldview. My name's Kevin Shaw. I'm teaching pastor at C3 Hope, Sheffield, and I have with me Mr. Colin Davis. Davies, Davis. <laughs> it's good I don't to mind see you. which. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Now, tell me about your job within church, because you, you seem to pop up everywhere, that, you know... <laughs> You know, you're 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 everywhere. You know, you're you're leading worship sometimes, and you're preaching, and then you're on some ex- videos of explaining that your names on documents, and you know, what's your title? I really and ought not to meddle in so many things, Kevin. I think that's what that's probably boils down to. I think the executive pastor role is 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 somewhat emergent, but I think I think um, I probably I probably excel in the gift of administration i'll put it that way um, praise the lord for that and so uh, i don't have to do any of it <laughs> that's good for the church believe me <laughs> so yeah that's 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 the role i fundamentally fill so it's strategy it's policy do you it's enjoy that thing. stuff do you know what i i i love the strategy side i absolutely love it because i, I i'm a i'm a, syst- a systemic thinker so for me, I can see the whole as well as seeing the seeing the little bits and seeing how, how they all connect. And so, I think that's probably I think that's probably where that I, I add the greatest value. I think is is being able to help to to turn vision, if you like, aspiration, into something which is more tangible. That's so good because it means I can just turn up on a Sunday and everything's great. I've noticed. <laughs> So this podcast um, is something we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, it is the God knows podcast. What's that about? Um, you know, I, for me, you know, I've been that person who says God knows in both ways that I'm really thinking about. Meaning, complete ignorance of the Bible and the Christian faith. Mm. God knows, I've got no idea. Through to you know a thirty-year faith journey that's brought me hopefully to a place where I can say yeah you know God knows I, I meaning I've got a confidence that God knows mm, and yeah. the, the, the 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 scriptures that we have the church that we have um and church universal um is something that is from God is something that is true is something that works is something for the world and so God knows what He's doing you know <laughs> and so you know having a, having a confidence um in God so that's so that's the 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 premise of the podcast is to look at difficult questions that approach the Bible, talk about the Christian life, Christian worldview, uh, the challenges of being a Christian in the modern world, and not just look at it from the Christian perspective of God knows. You know, we've got absolute mm. assurance in God is that everything is 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 good and everything's true, but also to look at the. The, from the perspective of perhaps those who are struggling with faith or you know because it's not just people that are atheists or agnostics that may have mm. those struggles i mean would you agree you know even as a mature christian you can have your own struggles oh without without a doubt i mean the cyclic aren't they so i, I would say 100 percent. i think you can you're not always not always on top form you're not always in trust jesus mode <laughs> uh and um and and if you've i think if you've not got questions I think that's a kind of a weird place to be because you're you're kind of relaxed into something perhaps that's if I would describe truth as this very deep pool.
cool that there's always something new to find. You know, Jesus, the relationship with Jesus. How, if you could live to ten thousand years, you'd never fully appreciate the 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 mm. awesomeness of God. So, so there should never be a point which you feel as though you know everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been thinking about my own Christian journey uh, as we've been approaching this uh, this podcast and thinking about where I started from. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a real fundamental, does God exist? Mm. You know, it wasn't, is God mm. good? Is the Christian faith the right path? Is, it, you know, is there anything beyond the entirely materialistic, naturalistic world um, does God exist? You know, so I'm going to do a, run a little experiment on you. Uh, you're standing at a bus stop uh, chatting to a lady and she finds out that you're I going to church. I don't use public transport, by the way. Just, just, uh... Well, you do today. Your car's <laughs> broke down. Hopefully that's not prophetic and you find yourself <laughs> being humbled by standing at a bus stop yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this lady discovers that you're going to church and she says to you... Um, her bus has come over the hill. You've got like a minute. And she says to you, what's the evidence that there is a God? What would you say? And the lady, come on. Okay. Uh, you're a strange looking lady. I haven't said that. but uh, I haven't I, shaved yet. Yes. I'd, I'd probably say, well, it's, it's worthwhile you you taking some time to think about that that for yourself, actually, because the way we, where we're programmed to think in this day and age is that you're not... You're not asking yourself those questions. So if you're serious about asking those questions, the Bible says that you, you know, if you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. But um, in my experience, the evidence of God is is something that over 30 years I've experienced in my life. So I I, I can give you a, a number of justifiable, reasonable, re, reasonable reasons why God exists. But I'll tell you in the, in the 35 seconds I've got left that my experience is that my relationship with, with this God who I feel is real, this is my truth, has transformed my life in a, in a significant way. Ding, ding. Hey, have a good trip. <laughs> That's good. I mean, what I really love about that is that... Um, I think there's something about the power of your own story mm. and your own experience because, you know, I remember somebody saying to me once, you know, you, you can always argue with an argument, but mm. it's very difficult to argue with a testimony. Mm. Um, and it's not that we don't want challenge, you know, that's what mm. this podcast's about, really, ch even challenging some of our own mm. thinking and some of our surface views of scripture or, mm. uh, you know, our failure to acknowledge that there are difficult elements in scripture whether it's to do with suffering or whether it's to do with conflicting uh, or apparently conflicting information mm, sure you know um so you know i think there's there's something powerful uh about that that mm. you know you think about somebody's story so you know i very often um because I, I as a, uh, a hospital chaplain i people asking me questions about faith very often and um and so I, you know, I very often will share my own experience rather than necessarily trying to sort of well, the interesting offer thing a about, doctrinal position. Yeah, the interesting thing about that approach is that we, we, you're kind of working with the kind of mindset that people have these days. I mean, the idea that something is my truth because there's no mm. truth is actually unquestionable because because you can't I can't say that's your that's your truth you can't say that's my, that's not my truth so so if I'm explaining my perspective then 
modern mm. day thinking, I suppose, postmodern thinking yeah. would say, well, actually, I must respect your your position. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. And um, I was watching a debate, uh, apologetics debate uh, the other day, and this uh, guy was saying to the Christian um, apologist, he was saying, well, you know, tr- truth, you know, th- th- what's truth? You know, truth doesn't exist. You know, what you say true, it's all subjective. And <laughs> the guy said to him, so if truth didn't exist, what you're saying might not be true. That's <laughs> true as well. well. That's not true. Yeah, it's, it's you know. True. So, but it's not. You know. Yeah. When Jesus finds himself before Pilate, yeah. and you know, Pilate says to Jesus, you know, well, what is truth? Mm. You know. So it's not. These aren't. I know that we frame things in you know in modernism or postmodernism, mm. and I know mm. those things do have a bearing, but. Mm. You know, the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. You know, a lot of arguments, a lot of religions, uh, a lot of uh, theological perspectives that we might be seeing in modern times, thinking this is a new development. You can go back in history and and, and find somebody from mm. the first century, um, you know, with this Epicureanism or, you know, that, that has um, an, an element that is being regurgitated because you know we face the same challenges we have the same issues fundamentally uh, as human beings and so the same questions emerge uh, and with similar responses um so you know so yeah mm-hmm. i think i think that the, that's that's another thing people talk about the scriptures you know we, we uh, that you know what what the kind of three to you know, a document that was written between sort of three and two thousand years ago. What can it have to say to me today? You know, but there are certain things that are absolutely mm-hmm. true. And um, I know you're a big fan of the Book of Proverbs, and you know some of those <laughs> things you read are just absolutely stunning. You know, beer is a brawler, wine is a mocker. Whoever is deceived by them is not wise. You know, you can't. <laughs> You know, you're going to have town any any Saturday night. You know, there are a few people that would benefit perhaps from. Yeah, there's some pretty pretty wise words, and also some pretty harsh words in in the book. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But truth, you know, can be like that, can't it? You know, somebody, you know, that's why in in the New Testament it talks about speaking the truth in love. And I mean, Mm. one of the uh, the the mantras of the uh, apologetics movement. You know, apologetics meaning to explain. Um, I think Mm. it's um, in. First uh, Peter three fifteen, where it says, you know, always be ready to give an answer for yes. the um, the root, the hope that you have, but do it in a spirit of gentleness yes, and totally. uh, a spirit of meakness. You know, that's think- a, that's a challenge, isn't it, with the, with with the acquisition of knowledge. If you think about it, our faith is, in Ephesians, it says, of course, we do not to boast because our faith is entirely God-given mm. and it's grace to us by, by the gift of God sort of thing. So so it's easy in the acquisition of knowledge to actually forget in a way that your faith is 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 actually a gift or the, the, the salvation is a gift. To the extent where you think where you can think I know more than you, therefore this is this. So you're now in, mm. you're now in almost into a works mentality, aren't you? It, it, almost think you know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You can become an intellectual race rather than actually anything about transformation or relationship. Which is perhaps you know mm. the, the Apostle Paul speaks about the whole counsel of God, meaning mm. you know that um, you know your your faith should be be rounded. It should be uh, have a. a, a, a not only good understanding, but perspective, mm. and also the way that you communicate it. I think that's what we're mm. talking about. That um, you know, I work in a multi-faith team, and you know, every lunchtime, 
in our department sounded like the start of a joke. You know, there was a rabbi, a Roman Catholic priest, <laughs> a Buddhist, and a Quaker. You know, literally, that is how lunchtime is in our department. You know, and um, yeah, you know, we have we have amazing conversations, real regard for each other and respect for each other, but also the the understanding that yeah mm. we believe different things mm. and i think that's what's missing from the conversation in the world today everything's yeah. so polarized you're yeah, right or you're wrong mm. it's you know everything uh, seems to be you know at that extreme and you know it's, it's my view that that what the world what we really need to do is learn how to actually disagree mm. in an agreeable way yes you know that I, I can be absolutely fine with it you believe something completely different to me you know, you're allowed to do that. You know, God isn't, you know, striking you with lightning out of heaven. You know, so why should I, you know, be be um, trying to do that? Doesn't mean I can't debate so I think, yeah. or, well, you know, or, 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 or offer an alternative view. We, or, we certainly lost the art of debate. I, I, was, I was watching a, 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 it was a discussion between Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry. I don't know if you've seen that particular video on YouTube. Yes. Honestly, it was absolute masterclass in in respectful yeah that's right yeah yeah it's true there's a fantastic one with um uh with jordan peterson and uh oh gosh what's the guy who's come a bit bit of a guru comedian oh uh, russell brand Russell Brand. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i don't know why i lost that but um it's and it's absolutely beautiful because russell brand rarely disagrees with me about some things yeah uh but it's you know I, i hope that because i think that I hope that we that this podcast we can inspire it in Christians that yeah, approach to definitely. discussing not to feel intimidated by alternative yeah. views. You know, if you meet a Satanist at work, you yeah. know, you don't have to run screaming from the building or start like throwing <laughs> the olive oil that you bought for your lunch, you know, start lashing them with it, you know, to try and uh, to change them, but actually to sit down and have a conversation and find out, yeah. you know, what people believe and why and 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 why they believe it. And yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I hope I, I would love to think on this podcast. You know, I've got a lot of friends. You know, pagans or mm. you know, uh, Muslims. Um, you know, I, I gave a lecture at a Muslim college two weeks ago uh, to a, a, a yeah a bunch of imams. Yeah, we just they they wanted That's to. Sick talk about um chaplaincy from a christian perspective mm. and you know we sat down you know and, and all these imams walked in it was quite intimidating i'm stood at the front and uh this very stern looking chap was just eyeballing me <laughs> and um and he, he he put his hand up just as i was about to begin and he said can i say something and i said um, yes he says you have a very good beard <laughs> <laughs> you do have a good beard though. and everybody you burst out laughing imam. Everybody burst out laughing. He said, "You need to come over to our side." And then afterwards, he says, "He said you need definitely need to come out to our side." He says, yeah. "Your lecturing was better than any of our imams." He oh, says, wow. "And we need you on our side." That's funny, isn't it? It was so funny, you know. But the spirit of it, you know, mm. I believe different things, radically mm. different things. Yeah. But we were able to have this this communication that um, was respectful. It was open. Yeah. It was it was honest. I wonder if that's one of the uh, things that, when we discussed this before but even with apologetics sometimes it's almost like this sense of defense defending truth it's 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 combative in its mm. sort of in its undertones isn't it to the extent where actually the idea of actually sitting and listening and learning and mm. re- and uh, respecting and understanding and you know 
challenging, maybe, but certainly seek first to understand and then to be understood, that kind of mantra. Mm. I think that kind of gets a bit lost in the, in the mix. And I think if you're thinking about about influence and discipleship and, and evangelism being a process of education and learning as much as anything else, then surely to goodness, then then there must be a an openness in those dialogue in the dialogue rather than it being just a just an argument you know I feel like Monty Python's five minute argument or ten minute argument mm. but you know it's, it's that I'm sure that's not what Jesus intended uh, in, in our evangelism I think there's no and, and I think there's 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 an, an equipping desire that I have for and I want Christians to be confident about mm. the faith um, and to rather than launch in with the answer Yes. Look at what the question is. I think there's two yes. there's two fantastic scriptures which um it occurred to me once that they were the same story. And that is uh Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch mm-hmm. and Jesus on the Emmaus Road mm-hmm. because they are blow by blow. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. They are the same story. So Jesus comes alongside the men on the Emmaus Road. Mm. Philip comes alongside the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch, and they ask the same thing. Jesus mm. says, what are you talking about as you travel along? Mm. And Philip says, what are you reading mm. to the Ethiopian eunuch? They literally, and, and, and the eunuch says, you know, well, I'm reading about, you know, this 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 passage from Isaiah and he's like who's he talking about I don't know and the men explained to Jesus on the Emmaus road oh wow you know we were really hoping that Jesus was the Messiah but you know he's he's dead and (laughs) you know (laughs) they're full of faith these men (laughs) and um and it says that Philip beginning with that very passage Mm. and it says to Jesus beginning with Moses and the law and the prophets began Mm. to explain to them everything Mm. and then they walk along having this journey and um, and then at the end of the journey, they have a response. They mm. say to Philip, uh, they say to the eunuch says, "Can I get baptized? You know what's stopping me?" And Jesus goes to break bread. It's like the two sacraments yeah. of the Christian faith yeah. happen at the end. But what's really fascinating is at the end, both vanish. Philip mm. vanishes. Jesus vanishes. Mm. And but bringing that back to then thinking about. Um, was in our journey alongside people mm. that we're working with, um, you know, I really like the idea of coming alongside people and saying, "Oh, what are you, what are you talking about? It. What are you looking at? What yeah. are you, you know?" There's, I mean, there's power in that, isn't there? Seeking understanding. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know who it was. I know it was Craig Grishel once said that uh, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, oh, I like that. Say that again. It, people, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, that, I like that. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thought, isn't it? And I, I think the idea, that, see, people might listen. That's a bit corny, a bit cheesy, but it's so true. It, it's profound. It is profound, particularly in today's world. I mean, I mean, um, authority is, as I've said, that sort of t- is is given, not taken. Mm. So your authority to speak into someone's life is something that people give you permission to do. It's not something you assume uh, unless you want to be ignored. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's it's relational links, and I think that those questions, those that seeking to understand that that finding out about a person, that actually expressing care and then connecting humanly with somebody, you know, authentic mm. connection, you know, not 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 for any particular 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Ulterior motive, you know, mm. but, to, but actually because you actually genuinely love yes. people. And I like that. That that is that. I think that is the difference between the, if you like, the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. You know, in terms of, you know, mm. am I am, am I up for an argument here? Am I going to win my point, or actually, I'm going to win a person? Yeah. So what's the, what is what's what's the aim in our interaction uh, with other people? Uh, and I, I love Anglican chaplain mm-hmm. chaplaincy their, their approach because I think it's it's almost like the, you know the the vicar of the village you know they get used to just being around and just and so that yeah what they call incarnational model just present yeah. just being human in an yes. institution whether it's a hospital whether mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, emergency services or whether it's a workplace chaplaincy. You know, I just love love that idea. What one of the chaplains said to me, he says, you know what you need to do? He says, if you really want to reach people, he says, loiter without intent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, and, it, and you know, one of the criticisms of those of us that are from the very evangelical, charismatic end yeah. of the church, you know, sometimes we, we've got so much sort of intent that people can feel it, you know. <laughs> one of my friends was um, uh, talking to... I can't remember how it happened, but they unfolded. They were at a table with a BBC News producer. Yeah. And he says, why do you always get out these, you know, people who perhaps don't have any sort of strong biblical view to comment on ethical issues of the day, whether it be abortion mm. or whether mm. it be, you know, to do with the economy or whatever it is. And he says, because we, we, we ask those people the question and they will answer the question that we ask and not need to squeeze in that Jesus saves. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a there's a great. Uh, uh, do you remember when Evil Knievel yeah, yeah. jumped over the Grand Canyon? Yeah, there's a fantastic That's a long moment time ago. in that. It is. Well, if ever you watched a full video at the beginning, there's a Southern Baptist preacher that they get up to pray for Evil Knievel as he's about to jump, yeah, and yeah. you can see, you can see that he's looking. And somebody's told him right that there are something like a billion people around the planet watching this on yeah, television. Yeah, and so he starts off by saying, uh, "He like Eternal Father, I just thank you that." Uh, you made the world in six days and that uh, you called Moses and Moses gave us the law and the law cannot lead us to salvation. And so Jesus came to fulfill the law and through the cross he died and he rose again and he's coming again. He's coming again and you better believe it and repent and turn and give your life to Jesus. And Lord, uh, I pray for evil can evil. Amen. Everyone's thinking, get on with it. He just, I mean, you can't fault. He saw his opportunity. Yeah. But I think yeah. what sometimes that can leave people with a sense of being duped. Oh, definitely. You know, and, and, and you know, and for me, I, I met today, I had a couple of hours with a, a fantastic Anglican priest mm-hmm. who's um, overseas uh, chaplaincy for the Anglican church. And he was telling me he was a workplace chaplain. Mm-hmm. And says sometimes you feel like you're not doing anything. You kind of mm. you go into a city a city centre. You go to these shops, and there was a shop that he'd been visiting. He says, and there was never very much of a welcome mm. there. And yeah, they had all these details. Never rang him for referrals or anything. And it's after two years of doing it, his phone rang this day, and this lady said, um, "I wonder if I could uh, have a talk with you." And he said, uh, "Yeah, sure." She says, "Because I've been watching you for the past two years." And I think you're somebody that I can trust with a very difficult mm. thing that I've got from my past. Wow. And 
It was a two-year investment Incredible. of loitering without intent. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't preach the gospel. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, mm. you know, but, but the people that we spend every day with, you know, I'm very interested in, in, in this. Um, well, doesn't, doesn't, the, you know, doesn't the Bible talk about pe- people of peace? You know, there's, 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 I think there's timing, in it to, to, I think to intimate in some way that we are purely God's instruments and that's the end of it, is, is a little bit naive. So for us, it's like, well, okay, there's, there are seasons in people's lives where, for whatever reason, people are more receptive to, mm. the, to, the, work of the, to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They, they might feel more um, in need mm. of something more than what they're experiencing in their lives. And so um, and those, those periods of time aren't all the time. Yes. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I wouldn't have got, when I got saved, I would say I was 16, 16 or so when I first explored faith, 18 when I got saved, I suppose, in that sense. So so why, why was it 18? You know, why, why wasn't it 14? Or why, why wasn't it 25? You know, mm. so, the, so there, was, there, was, there was a kind of a conflation of circumstances in my life, which led me to be more receptive to the call of God on my life. So I, I think mm. to, to presume that every moment is is every is is uh, equally um, the time to reap the harvest yes. for every single person mm. is a bit naive. Don't you think mm. that we are, we are living in a world though where um, you know it's very polarized? Thinking about social media and the, the way that discussions happen, as we've discussed, but I think that you know people don't want we've all got so much control i mean mm. obviously it's not like that everywhere in the world mm. but uh, but um that we don't want somebody coming to tell us what we should think or we no. you know, i'm a bit like that you know i don't i don't like somebody telling me what what i think i like certain types of preaching or teaching because i like to yeah. explore it for myself rather than you know the old school way of somebody shouting at you i've been totally. watching uh, mm-hmm. the crown um, oh, yeah. since uh, the the passing of the Queen. Yeah. And um, there's one episode where Billy Graham is in London and the yeah. Queen invites him. It actually happened. He, yeah. he, he was brought to the palace twice when she was wrestling with mm. Edward and Mrs. Simpson ah. many years later about mm. whether to receive him back and with forgiveness into the royal yeah, family. Sure. And the... the uh, it, of course, it's drama. You don't know how much truth there is in it. But one of the things that they were that the wasn't liked was how emotionally was and how how certain he was presenting the Christian faith. They they mm. didn't, you know, the 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 the, um, uh, the people that were around the Queen didn't like the certainty with which Billy Graham uh, came, mm. and uh, and and so and I think that that's true of today. So, mm. you know, for me, you know, I, I like to you know to speak in a way that isn't uh, condescending hopefully or uh, trying to pressure or trying to you know make an argument as in just being persuasive you know but actually let let the truth speak for itself wasn't it um, I think wasn't it Winston Churchill who said something like I I I don't like to be taught but I like to learn and I think there's a there's a there's a very human there's a very human sort of Mm. uh, sort of notion in the idea that actually if we are given the space to explore for ourselves within, with, you know, the, that's like the definition of teaching, isn't it? Is it's not to teach; it's actually to create an environment in which people can learn. So it's like, oh, our approach to the world perhaps ought to be more 
creating spaces like Alpha Alpha does this. I mean, the Alpha course, it creates mm, spaces mm. where people can explore truth. In a safe way. In a safe way, absolutely. So rather than yeah, yeah. it being a series of series of messages that, that, that where the truth that the mm. truth is proclaimed, yeah. it's actually respecting people's uh, felt need yeah. to be in control of that process a bit more. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, many years ago, I got a house uh, made. There, there were four of us uh, shared a house. And we spent, I'd known him since childhood and he, we mm. met up in our sort of early 20s and he, he came to live in the house that I was in with these, these guys and we, we, it was it was a lot of fun. We, 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 we had, but I'd recently become a Christian and so I invited him to church and spent hours and hours, we'd be up till two, three in the morning, he got a lot of issues going on and rarely kind of born mm. he came to a place where he was like do you know what yeah i just really would like to explore this faith thing and we got to this church service and at the end of the service a, a very excitable chap in our congregation leapt up and came and seized him by the shoulders and shook him <laughs> and said that he needed to receive jesus as savior and do you know what the guy literally ran from the building I'm not surprised i'm not mm. exaggerating i was so wounded mm. for him because it it really you know it almost undid everything that had mm. brought him to that point. You know, the other the guy who did that is a wonderful chap, best intentions, lots yeah, of, of love, lots of passion. Yeah, of course. But it's, you know, I, I think increasingly, you know, mm. we're in a world where we've got to think about how we communicate the faith. Has there ever been a time when you didn't have to do that, perhaps? You know, that, no, no, don't think so. I mean, I suppose the, the, the faith is, is something which uh, is less in the kind of uh, the collective mindset now i think i think it's, it's we're more secular than we were probably 30 40 years ago so mm. so that the, there is that to consider but um that probably makes it even more challenging something we can perhaps discuss in the future that, that the whole idea of how do we how do we start conversations like yeah. this how do we engage people in conversations that matter you know mm. as, as we wrap up um this um the pilot episode mm. uh, of um god knows you know what kind of things do you think what would you like to see discussed um you know thinking about from a christian point of view but also as we think about the doubts and the questions that people have what what are the sort of particularly focusing on that then the the questions that people have what, what sort of things would you like to be looking at in this podcast i think for me um the idea of us being in the world but not of the world is is something I'd like to explore. So, so for example, how do we how, how do we how do we show difference and be, be different mm. in the world? So present a Christian worldview. Yes, that's a, a different narrative. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. I think I think quite it's quite easy to for us to inadvertently incorporate uh, different ideologies into the church context and then and wrap them in Christ, in a Christian narrative mm. and then. And so, more almost inherently believe that they are Christian when probably if you actually dug deep, you'd realise they're not that Christian in the first place. Some yeah. of them. So, so I think that's mm. I think getting underneath some of those things, particularly topical issues. Um, I think the idea then of of trying to relate to a post-Christian world, and particularly, you know, it might be useful for us to look at things like the millennials and Gen, Gen and Z and. The kind of the younger the younger generation who mm. lots of them have grown up without any sort of mind mindfulness of of Christian faith whatsoever. So for me that'd be useful. I think practically as well, pra just practically, you know, 
the stuff that we that we question in our mm. minds. It's like I said before, this idea that we're, we're all we're all partial atheists, in in the sense we're we're, gr- yeah. we're, gras- we're, we're grasping or grappling with with truth. Mm. Uh, so we, we we're all in some degree. It's not just like this glorious ascension from yes. doubt and unbelief yes. to faith, you know. But we can we as a Christian, we can be on a continuum where we may feel confident about something in, mm. in, in you know. On Sunday, but by Wednesday morning, you know, you yeah. you've perhaps slipped back into a, a bit of doubt, and you you you, you can lose your confidence. So I think I'd love for me. I really like this to be an honest place to have mm. those discussions about faith, mm. um, rather than setting up an ideal that just makes people feel inadequate. Totally. I've always felt as, mm. as a leader. I mean, I've got this this title teaching pastor you know i don't feel like i'm qualified to teach anybody you know i'm not a, an expert in anything you know i'm a, that's probably the first qualification of the teaching pastor isn't it not not <laughs> oh, not feeling learned <laughs> that's right but yeah well not being learned is my main concern you know <laughs> not, you know but not wanting to um to present an ideal where we you know people look at and think well i could never be like that mm-hmm. you know i could never um achieve that level of faith you know and i think that you know that's one of the reasons i don't really watch a lot of god tv that's yeah. my confession uh, because i yeah I, sometimes I, I listen to the kind of shrieking demand mm. for absolute faith and anything else you know is um you know, well there is a kind of fake it till you make it type of thing so i, I yeah. mean for, for me authentic is a great word but i i, I think there's mm. a kind of a the for yeah. me there's like a sense it's like the story of the emperor's new clothes it's that it's mm. that what what's what's unsaid in our faith in our faith journeys which really perhaps not ought to be just not not actually brought into the into the open air not not, not talking about sort of hidden sins and things like this necessarily yes. yeah, yeah i'm just talking about some of the some of the things we just wash over uh even yeah. without thinking about them too much Abs- absolutely mm. because i i find that when i Know, preach teach or have a, or even just in conversation mm. with people if i it, whenever you share something you struggle with people are always helped by it yeah, i'm definitely. amazed about that you know that that mm. you know that um i think sometimes there's this expectation that if you're a leader you must be you know this person who's got it all together and and we all have that imposter syndrome a mm, bit don't totally, we where yeah. we think that everybody mm. else has got their faith together everybody mm. else seems to be a good place it's just me that's having these difficult yeah. thoughts and struggling with things and you know and particularly i find people who have probably grown up in the faith yeah. where there's a lot of acceptance of mm. things but not everybody's in this place but sometimes there are things that you have acceptance of but not mm. understanding of and sometimes that lack of understanding will come and niggle mm. you mm. you know well why do we do that why do we say that why has why does it have to be that way you yeah know, definitely yeah. sometimes there's an answer sometimes there are things that we that are tradition and not necessarily christian or or scripture but you know all christian denominations have that element of culture which can really skew interpretation um yeah. you know so these are the sort of things that i'd mm. really love us to to look at and um, i'd, lo- I'd love for, I'd actually love for people to feel uh, when they've listened to an episode i'd love people to feel obviously informed and all the rest of that but i also, also like people to feel actually normal yeah absolutely 
like I, like I thought I was the only person thinking this, and I'm not. <laughs> That's I'm, right, you know that yeah. type of thing. I've always wondered that about the scripture, but I've never dared to ask it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. you know, I'd love to there to be a, a an openness, and you know, for yeah. you know those listening, you know, I really want to find a, a good way to mm. be picking up on people's questions and for us to you know we're going to be developing um this podcast on you know social media and different platforms where Mm -hmm. you know and maybe even run some live debates and discussions where we can you know look at the uh, the hard questions look at the things that people are, are mm. struggling with so that it's genuinely meeting a need rather than us yeah, sort of pontificating about mm. how wonderful uh we want uh, our faith is and we want people to 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 rise to you know that uh, that high place of of, act, mm. of belief and you know not to be shaken and not to be because you know whilst you can find passages that speak in that way in the scripture um you know i, I love for me I, I, one of my favorite passages that was so been so helpful to me in my christian life is where jesus in mark 9 where they they're praying for the boy and the disciples can't do anything and the father can't do anything but they know jesus can do something and, Je- and he says will you help him and jesus says all things are possible to them that believe uh, and the man is immediately oh no you know he, he touched on my I, I, i'm struggling to believe and he says uh, i believe help my unbelief mm-hmm. and he says that jesus you know, prayed for the boy and mm. healed the boy. And I, I remember reading that and thinking, I can hold, I can struggle with those two things. I can, that, that's me. Yeah. I believe, help my own belief. And, you know, maybe that might become a, a little bit of a mantra for... Yeah, and think of, you know, think of Jesus' response to that vulnerability yeah. as well. He did, yeah, he did, didn't judge it, yeah. didn't condemn it. Yeah. He just said, okay, you know, you've, 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 you've laid your cards on the table and you prayed for the boy. Amazing. You know, so, mm. yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, let's, um, you know, we want to get into all those things of apologetics, faith and science, um, looking at the, the, the Bible, the reliability of the Bible, uh, the, the role of the church, the difficult questions, questions of suffering, um, the ethical dilemmas that we sometimes uh, come across in, in the Bible, you know, holy wars, all of the things, you know, that, that people, you know, illness, why, 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 why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, I'd love to get into all of that mm. stuff uh, and, you know, really seek for some, you know, the biblical, the experiential, uh, uh, to, to be able to respond to those things so Colin thank you mm, thank you it's been great indeed it has and we look forward to doing this again thank you for listening invite somebody uh, share the show with somebody and we look forward to inviting your questions and uh, yeah just developing this into a place where we really can explore all the questions that we have and that you have God bless you. Have a great week.